Hey there, Paige Browning here from the KUOW Newsroom in Seattle with the wrap on today's top stories. It's Wednesday, December 13th. Federal labor officials want to require Starbucks to reopen 23 stores that closed during a wave of unionization. Prosecutors with the National Labor Relations Board will seek an order that would require the company to bring workers back to those locations and pay them for their loss in earnings. Seven of the stores are in Seattle, the coffee giant's home city. Locations include 23rd and Jackson, Broadway and Denny, and East Olive Way, Gay Bucks. The Starbucks Workers Union released a statement celebrating the plan, and Starbucks did not immediately respond to our request for comment today. Over at Boeing today, it's all return to office talk. Corporate workers will soon be expected in the office five days a week, a move most big Seattle area employers have not taken since the pandemic. Monica Nicholsberg has the story and what the union's saying. Boeing workers have been bringing concerns about the policy to their union, the Society of Professional Engineering Employees in Aerospace. So says Brian Corliss, a spokesperson for the union. We have heard from some of our members that they will leave Boeing if they are forced to be in office full time. Uh, however, we wouldn't expect to see any actual resignations until the company actually mandates a full time return to office. The requirement doesn't appear to apply to other departments at Boeing, like space or defense. But for some employees, the pandemic era of remote work is coming to a close. A Boeing spokesperson said there's often no substitute for in-person collaboration. Monica Nicholsberg, KUOW News. All politics is local, as the saying goes. And that's especially true when the politics are about feeding those in need. Washington state could turn away families seeking food assistance next year if Congress fails to approve adequate funding for WIC soon. Ruby DeLuna has more. WIC provides food for low-income mothers and babies. Since 1997, WIC hasn't turned away applicants since the program has enjoyed bipartisan backing. But that support is in doubt as lawmakers clash over funding for the next fiscal year. Paul Throne is director of the state agency that administers WIC. He says last year alone, Washington's caseload rose by more than 9.5%, and it's expected to grow more. My worry here is that that, uh, my ability to pay for food is dropping quickly. WIC funding is facing a $1 billion budget shortfall. Some states could reduce their caseloads by creating a wait list. In Washington, an estimated 38,000 people could be turned away. Ruby DeLuna, KUOW News. You got a sidewalk on your street, or even better, a flat, usable sidewalk? You are one of the lucky residents of Seattle in that case. Nearly three quarters of the city has sidewalks that need repairs or has no sidewalks at all. But the city council just passed a bill to start fixing this. The new legislation requires SDOT to install or fix deficient sidewalks during major paving projects. It'll take decades, but it's more than the city's doing now. Large building owners in Seattle will have to cut carbon emissions from their facilities or pay steep fines. Seattle Mayor Bruce Harrell signed into law today a new performance standard for all structures larger than 20,000 square feet. It aims to wean them off of oil and gas for heating, cooling and cooking. 
with a goal of getting to zero greenhouse gas emissions by the year 2050. Councilmember Lisa Herbold says it'll reduce the city's total climate emissions by 10 percent. The standards are performance based, which means that owners can choose what investments to make as long as they are meeting the reduction targets. And this is the most ambitious plan to reduce building emissions in Seattle history. Fees for noncompliance start at $7,500. Industrial and manufacturing facilities are exempt. Buildings account for more than a third of Seattle's carbon emissions. They are the fastest growing source of climate pollution after transportation. Governor Jay Inslee is proposing the state spend another $460 million on behavioral health over the next two years. It's part of his budget pitch to lawmakers ahead of the 2024 legislative session. Inslee says his proposal lays out what's needed to ensure the state has enough mental health resources as demand for them continues to rise. And we figured all we could do build all the buildings, buy all the buildings, staff all the positions as fast as we could, and then we assign a number that would take to get that job done. Ainsley's also asking lawmakers to spend another $35 million on opioid treatment and $140 million on affordable housing and homelessness programs. The governor's proposal is a starting point for lawmakers as they adjust the state's current two-year spending plan. The legislative session begins January 8th. Boeing Field needs to set clear goals to reduce the airport's environmental impact on surrounding areas and to show whether it's meeting them. Those are the findings of a county audit, as Ann Dornfeld reports. The area around the county-owned airport is one of the region's most diverse and one of its most polluted. Auditor Anu Sidhu said while the airport has been taking steps to reduce air, water, and noise pollution in South Seattle and Tukwila, it lacks a cohesive plan. So, as a community member, it's really difficult to know what is the work that King County Airport is doing, and also it's hard to know how well it's doing it because there's not the measurement piece, which is a part of strategic planning. The audit found the airport needs to formally involve the community in decision-making processes and better communicate things like noise pollution levels to the public. It was the first audit inspired by citizen input since the county started soliciting audit ideas from the public. The county is now taking suggestions for audits to conduct next year. Ann Dornfeld, KUOW News. And here's a few other news notes tonight. The Washington State Patrol has now hired a forensic engineering firm to investigate the death of an Evergreen State College student. 21-year-old Jonathan Rodriguez of DuPont died Monday on campus with suspected carbon monoxide poisoning. Students had a vigil for their classmate today. And Washington State's latest carbon auction has raised nearly half a billion dollars from businesses that pollute the climate. The auction was last week. Big polluters in Washington have now paid more than $2 billion this year for the right to keep polluting. And that's a wrap from the KUOW newsroom in Seattle. Our producer is Andy Hurst, and I'm Paige Browning. We'll be back tomorrow with another news roundup. See ya.